Well, I think today too, like already people have been fooled by sex bots or whatever sex chat bots. Like because they're turning their their brain is on such like a a low idol at that point <laughs> when you're talking to a sex bot, yeah. you're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. this is a real person. <laughs> yeah. The social psycho confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Do you ever have those like reCAPTCHA things? You know what I talk about where you have to verify that you're a person when you fill out a form or something? Yes, I mean they're they've seemed like now I when I interact with them, my experience is different every time, so I don't even know what those things are doing anymore. But you're talking about the one where like you have to pick a picture that has a thing in it or something. Yes, it'll be like yeah. pick all the images with a motorcycle or something. Yeah, yes, I have seen those. The last one I did was just like this is powered by reCAPTCHA to verify you're not a robot and it was just like click okay it's <laughs> like okay right i don't even know how that like i feel like it's just data harvesting like i'm just helping people train ai models or something like it doesn't even actually help verify that i'm a person yeah i i no, no i think that's 100 percent what it's doing i mean it is definitely training ai for sure like yeah. that is 100 percent what it's doing i think it's doing both like i think there's something about they can track like the timing and the the mouse movements or whatever that's like a human would do this and a computer wouldn't but anyway they're like if our ai can't figure out if it's a street light in this picture then if your ai you can't figure it out either but it's <laughs> right? like wait yeah, so who's verifying it's like if you even attempt at a guess we'll let you in <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's actually if you're wrong we're like mm, that's a person yeah they <laughs> yeah but anyway so i had this experience and it said i could show you but Obviously, listeners won't be able to see, but it said, please click all of the images containing a trumpet. And then, you know, it shows you a sample image. So you can if you don't know what it is, you can see. And it is not a picture of a legitimate trumpet. It's like an AI generated trumpet. Oh, my God. That got messed up. So there is no trumpet. So, yeah. So I was confused. And then I looked at the pictures and the ones of like quote-unquote trumpets in there are also messed up and so then I was like if the example is messed up should I also select the messed up you know answer choices because that would like they're all messed up or is it like none of them because a real trumpet actually has to have the correct tubing you know what I mean right right so anyways so, I thought this was interesting because it's kind of like the uh, the gray area of a category or a category maybe breakdown. And I was thinking this poses like a real potential challenge for these AI systems. It's like when you try to categorize input or data, you have to classify, you know, images or whatnot and say this is this, this is this. But there's obviously lots of edge cases that come up. And I thought this was a good one because it's like this isn't actually a trumpet. It's just, but... it's like, it's, it's a seemingness. Like it seems similar like and similar and like for, but why yeah i think we're just bumping into now that everyone's like so many people are using this chat gpt thing you're gonna yeah. bump into like the most like obvious actual difficulties i don't mean difficulties because not everyone's trying to make ai but i just mean like what makes people people you know like what the human experience is kind of like in a lot of ways right and i think they may try to plow right over that well i think it's partly because it's 
we are so contradictory. Like, there's a lot of contradictions. I feel like inherent, like you can hold multiple contradictory thoughts in your head as a human. And I think you, that's fine. I don't think that's so fine for an AI. And I wonder how that is going to flesh out over the course of time. Because, I mean, even in the trumpet thing, there could be a lot of different variants of what you mean. Let's say this too. It's not speculation that it's training AI. It's admitted that it's training AI. Like that's not, that is what it's doing. Essentially, like AI generally means like things are already like intelligent in a way. Like a calculator is really good at math, like better at math than you could be. So when something is like artificially intelligent, like the calculator is kind of artificially intelligent. Well, I think the difference there, just for listeners and for our own sake to discuss maybe, is the AI... So in the calculator, we've programmed all of the models for transforming input into output. Like if you but press these buttons. But now you're going to describe machine learning and you're going to call it AI because there's also Well, but there isn't learning. a difference. Like today, at least practically, like our AI is machine learning. There could be a new future of AI that's like beyond machine learning. But the machine learning AI we have today is the computer or the the program is deciding what the model should be for determining how to transform inputs into outputs. Right, which was, I think, more in line with where this kind of all began. Well, not really. It goes back really far, but like prominently in the 20th century was the Turing test, the Alan Turing's Turing right, test, right. which was the simplest way to describe it as if the computer could trick you in a game, in basically a game where it's tr- there's a computer and a human, and you have to figure out the wh- who is who, basically. Right. You don't see the the person slash AI, and if you can't figure out if it's AI or person, then and there's so many problems with it. It's also way sure, more yeah. intelligent than I just said, but there's also issues with it. Like it's all written, you know. Well, I think today too, like already people have been fooled by sex bots or whatever sex chat bots. Like they think they're real people, so it's like it passes the Turing test. But like because they're turning think... their brain is on such like a, a <laughs> yeah. low idle at that point <laughs> when you're talking to a sex bot, you're like this is a real person. Exactly. But it's just like, it's also, that issue is just like the old school, like phone sex thing. It's like, you don't know who's on the other end of the line. It's a voice. It could be like a a fat man with like a voice change. Right. That, yeah, like, exactly. Who knows? So anyways, um, really all they need, and all this is, by the way, this whole chatbot shit, all they need is something that could pass a Turing test. That's all it really is required to convince Anybody, especially the people who aren't working on AI, like most people in the world that are just like playing with the AI, they just need to be fooled by it. It just needs to feel really, really, really human. You mean to be like successful as a product or whatever? To be successful, especially just as a product. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then beyond that, what you really want, if you're like a researcher, you want, you know, you need something more robust. But you also know that the kind of shit you're also you're already doing is super robust because you need like acres of computers to do it, Mm -hmm. you know. So but this is my point with the trumpet thing. Had they said, here's an actual trumpet, this is what they look like. Now tell me which one of these things has a trumpet. And then in the options, it showed you a fake trumpet and you picked it. It might know it was a fake trumpet. Whoever put that question in there goes, I know this is a fake trumpet, but I need this computer to be as dumb as a person. 
Oh, see, that's interesting. I didn't think about that angle. So it's not as smart as a person. It says it's you got to make the same kind of mistakes as a person. It's trying to be like people. It's not trying to be absolutely correct, maybe. And there's a difference there that's kind of interesting with AI in general. It's like, what does absolutely correct mean is like, what's the standard? Is the standard what people, the consensus view of people is? Or is it absolute truth? And it's like, if it is absolute truth, how would we arrive at that other than through the consensus of what people think is true? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. But it seems like what you would need is to do it like, let, let's assume there's a, a God and it like no, it has like all. It's the perfect thing. It knows everything. So there's has an all the information. God, sure. It knows everything, and it could do everything perfect and never mess up. Okay. It seems like what you would do is you'd you'd. That's the goal. You need that, and then to make it human, you actually kind of filter it through some through another program. Then that that filtering is what causes mistakes. You know, you'd have to almost arrange it like that. And put like convincing overlays. So it's like life is what's going on here on planet Earth. And there's like all these different overlays. You have like dogs, yeah. animals, trees, like stuff is alive. And it's like also different. But it's like, how is it different? It's like it's different by all these like ways in which the same kind of thing is behaving. Because there has to be a world of information for an AI system to exist in. Right. I think you run up against the general problem of just human knowledge and experience though pretty quickly because you only realize or recognize things that are relevant to you and so inherent in the facts that you believe about the objective world is your subjective experience and so everything that you know about the world or whatnot or believe you know is experienced through your subjective experience and so you can't sort of parse the two like there's no objective world outside of your subjective experience because you don't know anything outside of your own experience um so there's like a limit to your knowledge in that way but it but that's part of the filter right like that could be part of the filtering program right but i think that's almost like just a model of like how people work in general and so it's like but i don't know how you would ever arrive at the infinite god sort of model like that sees everything is true or whatever, how would you arrive at that? I don't... You oversimplify it, make it completely materialistic and atheistic, and then convince yourself that since that's the nature of reality, it could be pretty pretty well modeled in just like ones and zeros and information, an information universe that they imagine isn't that fantastical because we're probably in a simulation already. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I guess even that to me, though, like even if... Like, even the proposition that it's all information is, like, something that humans have conjectured. That's also based on presuppositions about things you can understand being a human. It's like, maybe reality is fundamentally different than that. We really don't know. I mean, so I think there's just, you run up against that hard problem immediately when you try to, like, talk about that. Maybe, but we've got to be, it, you, that's, it is persuasive. However, it's kind of like... Also, we might we must be onto something because the stuff we can do is pretty amazing. Yeah, like cell phones are amazing. This technology we're using right now is all very amazing. So I think what I'm saying is that that thing that has to be in the AI, the world of information, has to, it can it can include false information, but it, whatever it is, it's got to include all the information. So if it contains true and false information, it would also contain the information 
of whether or not the true and the false information is true and false or false. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And to whom it would be true and false too. And you know what I mean? Like, it seems like all of that, because if you think, I, I can't think of a different way of doing it. Like it has to have data sets. It, and that's why I think data is really worth the money it is. It's not so they can like sell you mm. an extra ounce of Don dish liquid. You know what I mean? It's like that data is valuable because I, I believe you have to have that. It's just a simple way of saying you have to have a shitload of information and data, like warehouses on acres that span miles yeah. kind of computers. It's like, yeah, you need that. Yeah, it's it's all about uh, or centered on what humans would deem the correct answer is. So it's all based in human modes of perception and thinking. So it's like that. I mean, you can say like that's not a trumpet or that is a trumpet, but it's like it doesn't. The question is kind of irrelevant because you're still only answering like what is it to people you're like i don't know what it is literally like maybe literally it's like atoms in a certain configuration that reflect light in a certain way and that can move and interact in a certain way and that's like the actual information that's like what it actually is like there's some objective description that may be outside the reach of you know humans yeah, it's definitely it's definitely trying to do human AI. Yeah. Well, this kind of dovetails to something else I wanted to bring up. And maybe I don't know how long we'll spend on this. But I think uh, another thought I've had recently is about subjectivism. And I think there's something a little slippery or confused in the way we're using the term or the way I, I hear it used, um, where people will say something like, oh, this is merely subjective or, you know, talk about their the importance of someone's subjective experience of something implying like it's set off from something else or it's like the subjective experience is the important part and there's the rest or something do you have like an example because there's so many kind of ways to think of subjective things could we say like the flavor like some people like chocolate and some people don't like that's subjective so like whether or not chocolate is good like, is that, is that kind of what you mean? Or do you mean something more on the fringe, like on the border of that? Well, that's true. Um, and that's one general example. I guess I'm thinking critical theory, like sort of claims where someone will say something like your sex or gender is like merely subjective. Like it's just based on the way you feel. Oh, yeah. And they use the kind of logic that I just used. Like some people like chocolate and some people don't. Therefore, chocolate isn't good or not good. It's subjective. Therefore, gender is right. fully subjective because it's like chocolate. And this is the thing I think is weird about it is that they're like inferring some objective that isn't like some objective reality that isn't subjective, which I think is false. Like everything is inherently subjective, kind of to the point I was making earlier, is like all of the world for every human being is filtered through their own experience. And so everything you encounter is subjective in a sense, like you are the subject of all information that comes to you. And so saying like something is merely subjective, it doesn't make any sense. Like everything is merely subjective. Well, everything is so this is kind of like our AI conversation about the AI God, like the soup, the thing that has all the information and knows what is happening, what isn't happening and the mistakes that could be made in determining that and who would make those mistakes and it's all that stuff. So it's like, this is like, I kind of just tend to think 
there's only objective reality. Like reality, the root of the word is real. So it is objective. Your experience of it is kind of subjective. But I feel like, is it possible, maybe a question is, can a subjective experience be incorrect? And I think that that's possibly a stupid question. I don't think so. But it's also, because it kind of is, it's a little incoherent, but it's also like not, especially if you think in terms of every experience being subjective. Right. Well, you just take the idea of mistakes, you know, it's like prediction errors. Like if you think about human perception as like a prediction, they talk about this in you know, cutting edge neuroscience, it's like your brain is making these predictive models of reality. And so all of your sensory perceptions or whatever are predictions about what the real world is like. But there's error sometimes, you know, like sometimes you step down and there's no step or something. You know, it's like you just encounter errors. And so sometimes your perceptions don't map onto reality. Yeah. Subjective experience was there was a step. Right. Objectively, there wasn't. Right, right. So and, I think there's, yeah. yeah, definitely something there. Yeah, it get, that's, I mean, that question encompasses a lot. What was your topic? Well, I think I just was trying to explore this subjectivism idea. Subjectivism, like, I right, think right. this terminology gets used in a weird way. See, I, might, I started thinking epistemological because I feel like a lot of well, stuff... Well, it does actually, get to that. Yeah, it spins yeah. off immediately, like... You start to wonder, you might start to wonder immediately, like, well, then how do we know anything? Like, then we can't, then we can't know anything. Exactly. That's my point. Is like, you can't say it's merely subjective without, like, you can't set that apart from all of human knowledge. You can't be like, this is merely subjective. And it's like, well, actually, everything is merely subjective. And what you're calling, like, what you're setting that off from is just all the things we agree on subjectively. It's like, we, we can't step outside of our our status as a person like you know like human like human experience is almost like this circle that you're like or a snow globe people have described it as like you're in the snow globe like you can't get outside the snow like you can't step outside of your own experience you maybe have like that sensation like that kind of like omniscient perspective or third eye like the observing the self perspective where you talk about the self in the third person or whatever like i can imagine what it's like to shake a snow globe even though I'm in it right now, I can imagine being the guy outside of it. Right. Or in your memories of yourself, you like kind of see yourself walking into a room, even though that's not the perspective you actually had. You know, like if you walk into a room, like obviously you don't see yourself. Um, so there's like something about that. But I don't think you can actually step out of your own experience. And so there's something there where it's like, Calling something merely subjective and setting that thing off from other things is kind of like a false dichotomy to me. It's yeah, like, I think well, it's fully. I think it's fully wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, because I have two points of view on this. One ends quickly, and I go, "That's all just bull crap." <laughs> and there's an objective reality. We are people. There's something like a god. We'll just call it God, and. The older you get and the more you encounter and the more your mind changes and doesn't change and you observe yourself in that way, you realize like your limitations. I think when you're younger, you have a sense of, what's the word? Like kind of, it's like a word like nihilism, but it's not nihilism. It's like an egocentric. Maybe that's what it is. Like you're an like you're invincible or yes, indestructible. In a, or 
perfectible even. Mm. You know what I mean? Kind of got like a God complex. Got a lot of potential and you and you you hear it when you're young and you go, eh. And then you realize when you get older that you didn't even have the ability to fully understand what that meant. It's like the difference between like when you fall in love and then staying in love for 10 years and like what those two things feel like. Like you don't mm. know that love could be like the thing in 10 years which looks boring to you now and you don't even want right, it. Right. So you can't really understand until you get there what we're really discussing. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I get there as a human sometimes. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm just me. It sucks. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> what can I do about it? I guess this is the... It almost like gives... It's like, oh, this is the reason for God. Like, I don't know. Or this is the reason for people. You know, mm. you just... You go, this is a type of experience I'm supposed to be having, and I'm realizing that I'm not God. It's completely, it's super limited, and I, and even in its limited scope, I can't even get to, like, the best version of it. I don't even know what it would be. I just got to figure it out and, like, humble myself and do all of the things that I always rejected, like, be conscientious and hardworking and noble and humble. And, like, this is a great human to be, then I fucking suck in my realizations. So there's some kind of objectiveness in that sense. It's very like 15th century or something. I don't know, mm. you know, where you're, where things matter. You can get cut with sharp metal and bleed out. And people have done that before, you know, it's horrible. It's a somber experience, a very delicate, important existence. We're living here. There's objective reality. I don't give a shit how confused you are about whether or not it's time to cut your dick off or not, or do whatever, flip things inside out and what all that is, it's just like, give me a break. This conversation is over now. Well, okay. This is interesting. I want to put a pin in that because I want to come back to it. It actually relates to the third thing I want to talk about. So okay. they all connected Perfect. apparently. I wasn't even aware of this. Because the next one also ends quickly because I don't even want to go down this road because I've done it before and it gets very tiresome. And if anyone listening wants to, it's fine. Do it on your own time and you will be very interested and then very upset. But you can look at this thing called Gettier problems. And I talk about them a lot because it's like they, hate watching or something. Well, they just prove how smart I am No, because it's like, it's like a, I don't know why I just, I'm really, I am fascinated by them, but I'm also realized the limit to it. It's, I think it's so I don't know. Maybe I just need to read more about it, but I, I personally get so limited by this thinking, but this is the other side. So we have the pin and the interesting stuff, but the Gettier problem is basically about what we can know. It's an epistemological thing, which just okay. means like the philosophy, epistemology is the philosophy of knowledge. How do we know things? How do we come to know things? How do we know when we know things? What does it mean to know a thing? Concepts, ideas, whatever. So the Gettier problem is, here's an example, my favorite example you're driving down the road, you see a hill, and you see a sheep on the hill. And you go, there's a sheep on the hill, and you have this knowledge. You know there's a sheep on the hill. And you have how you got it, you saw it, you looked, you see it. You're driving down the road some more, you're coming closer to the hill, and you realize what you thought was a sheep on the hill is not a sheep on the hill. It is a rock. There's no sheep where you said there was a sheep. You were wrong. You did not have knowledge. There was a sheep on the hill. You were mistaken. But you continue driving and you eventually pass this hill with the rock that looks like a sheep on it. And on the back of the hill, you notice there is in fact a sheep on the back of the hill. 
and it really is a sheep. You're like, by God, I was right all along. And the question is, were you right all along? You know, and in a sense, people attempt to answer this in a simple way. Just be like, well, in the first case, you were mistaken. You made a claim that coincidentally happened to be true. And that is an explanation. But the other explanation, the if you think about it in the sense that we were just talking about like subjectivism, like every exists, everything kind of is subjective in a way. The fact wasn't subjective. It had to have been an objective fact. And the fact was a sentence in this case. And the sentence was, there's a sheep on the hill. The evidence for that was something else that didn't actually comport. And that's perplexing that that could happen. But the fact still remained true. And it's kind of like is the fact... There's different ways to think about it, like how, how separate is the fact from you, from what you said? Does it matter what you said? Does it matter how you got there? To does it, If the answer is right or wrong? Mm, but, well, but, to me, it almost sounds like how general is the fact? Like in saying it, you're like, there's a sheep on the hill. But that's part of subjectivism, right? right. So like, what how, you really mean is maybe like there's a sheep on this front side of the hill that I'm looking at. But that's but, that you are looking yeah. at. Right. So if you and I, if we had, if we gave the most extreme and complete answer, like you were saying, it's too general. We've got to be really specific. The most specific answer humanly possible at that point, every single person would have a different description for many reasons, if not simply for the reason that no two people can occupy the exact same space. Right, their perspective is just slightly different, Ge- even geographically. Yeah, so right, like, right. and that's like just basic. So plus yeah. all the other things. So then you, this is why I say this one ends quickly. It's less interesting because to me it's tiresome and very like, how many angels could dance in the head of a pen? You're like, well, I don't know. What angle should I come at this from? Do we have to figure out subjectivism and objectivism first, or what about truth and where does truth come from? Is truth more like a god thing or is it more like a fact thing? And what are facts? If I'm subjective, are facts real or are they subjective? You know, it's like yeah, it's kind of it's annoying. so difficult to think about these problems. But in the first case, you were saying that my kind of noble human existence of limitedness because I kind of think I do think about it as like this vast sea of everything. We did a fake episode on morals and I have the same kind of take. (laughs) It's like, there's probably something right and wrong fundamental and it exists like outside of me in the universe of truth. And it's, just difficult for us as people to come to that sometimes, whatever that thing is. Yeah. Well, so this is a maybe not a whole leap, but a little jump, a skip from the thing we put a pin in earlier. So you were talking about subjectivism and so sort of in this vein of like people being like, oh, it's totally subjective, you know, and maybe I think the extent of that thinking can lead you to sort of really nihilistic paths uh, and sort of say, like, I, I think that's called solipsism when all you believe is that there is only subjective experience, like there's nothing outside of your experience, which I think there's some truth to that because you don't experience something outside of your experience. That is a sort of like a positive claim. It's like just a truism. Uh, but that. that doesn't mean there's nothing outside of your experience. So anyway, so I think 
that line of thinking, like everything is merely subjective, that sort of nihilistic, like there's only my experience, that solipsistic thinking can lead to really strange negative outcomes. And something that I encountered recently, this fact that I thought was rather alarming, and then I think general observation, is sort of the decline of the human species. So I think if you behave in a way that's like everything, if you go down that path, the nihilistic, everything's just my experience, and you believe that everything is about that, then I think what I observe is some people behaving in a way that is not aligned to the continuation of the human species and is only aligned for the maximization of that individual's pleasure or leisure or whatever, enjoyment in their life. And you could say, well, what's wrong with that? And then maybe and then there's you could just look around and ask yourself the question quietly while observing reality around you currently. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of like, though, to me, I feel like that's a big problem, potentially, because if everyone were to act like that and, you know, we didn't think about the continuation of the human species, then we would die out as a species. And and maybe that's fine, but that seems really bizarre uh, and really strange to just be okay with. It's like you wouldn't exist if people before you had not thought it were important to continue the human race. Or just behaved in a way that was conducive to the continuation of the human race, whether they were conscious or not. Right, whether they believed it explicitly or they behaved in a way that that was a belief, you know, implicitly. The last thing I'll say about this is the declining populations. So I recently encountered this person who um, said, you know, isn't it interesting how... I was taught this in uh, actually in like a human geography course, which was like in ninth grade or something. They teach you that sophisticated, developed, quote, societies are ones where the population is declining and the fertility or the birth rate, sorry, the birth rate is below replacement, meaning that I think in theory it's less than two, meaning like every woman is having less kids than to replace her and her husband. Less than, what is it, 2.5 or something? Well, yeah, the actual number is a little different because it's like not every woman can have kids, not every man can impregnate women, not every man and woman get together. Some women get together with multiple men. So it's like theoretically it's two, but that's assuming some things that aren't necessarily true. Um, but just to say, you know, they're having less than replacement rate. That population is, you know, having less kids, uh, than it needs to sustain its size. And so the population is in decline. And, and this is a, an advanced Right, and that's what we consider like the epitome of human flourishing. And if you think about that for a second, you're like, wait, that is like almost the opposite of human flourishing. Like if you looked at a population of an animal or a species or whatever, you wouldn't say, oh, that population that's in decline, that's flourishing. You would say, oh, God, that thing's threatened, that thing's in danger, that thing's going extinct. And so it's really weird that we look at human populations and think, if they're in decline, that's a good thing. Well, I disagree with that notion. Okay. That doesn't always hold true because you could be being attacked by the Mongols and your population is going to be decreasing. 
So it's not like a, it's not causal or it's not uh You mean like these things aren't the same, like your population could be in decline for other reasons outside of just low birth rate. Right. So it doesn't always hold. Yeah. Well, so I think there could be variability. Like it's not that you know, you could have periods of growth and periods of decline uh, in the short term. I think long term decline is maybe a negative. However, who decides what the correct horizons are, like what defines the short term versus medium term versus the long term? Um, I think just in general, the idea that the population would be lower in the future and seen as a good is a little strange. It's not even utilitarian, which is kind of a prominent uh, ideological underpinning, I think, of a lot of stuff in democracy. Well, it might not be. I think you could sort of squeeze the utilitarian idea into saying it could be, where you could say, like, if we have an extra million people, that will make everyone more worse off than the gains from the extra million people. Because utilitarian is like the most good for the most people. But if you, so, but well, so it should be the maximum good. So you have, there's like, you have to start doing arithmetic or, or calculus, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. there's, but there is actually a value to a million people having a 51% positive experience. Right. Theoretically, right. you know what I mean? So that's difficult to figure out. Utilitarianism is kind of weird, anyways, but I'm right. just saying it's that like, there's. Yeah. How do you figure that out? How, how do you, you make those know? calculations? Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like something something is baked into the statement that a declining popu- population numbers is an advanced civilization. It makes you wonder, have we attached psychological concepts to think to words like advanced, like advanced also it may, is good feeling and better. And, you know, like you want it's something to strive for, like you want to be advanced in, right. in whatever way we mean by advanced. Yeah, maybe highly technological or a high leisure society or something. Um, but I, so all this to say, I just want to make this connection potentially between subjectivism and declining populations, I think. There's some weird sort of connection there to me. Like the people who say like, oh, it's all just subjective and who engage with a sort of nihilistic and solipsistic view of the world, I think that leads to human population decline in the aggregate if everyone were to take that view. Well, yeah, I mean, if it could go, if it goes to the extreme enough point, just like the individualistic tendency goes to it by dint of its own definition would kind of eliminate values like family values or like the value of just like even having children like right well, right i mean which goes along with like the very easy to identify like oh i don't want to have kids yet i just want to travel i mean it's been i know it's not like that as dramatic they say it's not they say it's not as dramatic as people make it out to be it just kind of depends on how you look at the statistics you know like which way they've put the graph or whatever but like before you turn 30 is the best time to have children right you right. know and it's like People aren't even in committed relationships before 30. Like 30-year-old men and women, professional men and women, are on like weird swipey dating apps that aren't even for dating. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's yeah, a yeah. little 
a little self-obsessed because it can be because you exactly. don't need kids. You don't need a wife. You don't need a partner. You don't, you know, they. Well, I guess, yeah, that's the interesting part to me, because I look at those things and I think, you know, like people who are like, we need to be more, you know, LGBTQIA2S plus accepting, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, accepting, sure. But I'm also like wary. I'm like, Ooh, this is not something that I think everybody in the population should be engaged with. Because if everyone in the human species were gay, or just to say not producing, you know, children with other people of the opposite sex, well, then the human race wouldn't continue. Or even if they were sex at dawn ad- adherents, like the polyamorous. I mean, there's like lots of ways that it could be that for some reason we don't accept those because maybe they're too male dominated, but you know, it could be the opposite way. Women could have like 10 husbands and then it would, yeah, be like there could be equal. some variability in there. You know, like yeah. some of that is like would continue the population, but some of it wouldn't, I guess I sense that some of the things people yeah, really I, endorse. I, I think it's totally self-destructive. It is. Yeah. And, and to me, it's very nonsensical because I noticed recently, this is like, this comes up a lot in like pop, culture or political commentary and stuff it's like trans stuff i don't know what your angle on this exactly was but i know that for me i'm thinking i think we're all doing all right and you're giving us a whoever you are they are is giving us a problem and causing division kind of like a divide and rule kind of thing and the two-party system may be to blame or maybe it's even higher up or something i don't know maybe it's good for manipulating voter voting outcomes or something okay i'm going to sound woke or something but i'm not woke at all there's there's not equal representation okay that's fine a lot of times that that is thrown out there and it's completely non-applicable to the situation it's being applied to here's a situation it is definitely being applied to whatever kind of entertainment is being piped out currently and on the bigger the stage, the worse it is. We just had the whole Grammy thing. I don't even want to say the guy's name. You're never going to get this any kind of like wholesome, anything wholesome, Christian. It's like canceled, you know, like you can't. It's problematic, according to the mob. Whereas this stuff that is like literal dancing around as a sex depraved Satan guy that's 100% fine. That's cool, edgy, amazing, brave, diverse, accepting, all the things. And it's really none of those things. It's horrible. Well, yeah, I mean, back to category breakdown earlier, I can almost tie that thread in too. It's like, I think these people are sort of breaking down categories and saying like, even this is acceptable and like, look how tolerant we are. And I think that that is a race to the bottom. Like you completely degenerate if you go in the direction of complete tolerance. So what's the what's the answer to those people? So acknowledging like the gray area that like all categories sort of are imperfect. There's, you know, things that aren't quite captured in our categorization schemes. For example, like the trans thing, like we have men and women, but there's intersex. You know, there's people who don't quite fit nicely and neatly into those categories. The weird thing, I think, to me is that there's a push to 
get rid of the categories altogether. It's like, well, they're imperfect, so they have to go. But then I there's something weird about that because so take the race thing, for example, like, you know, what is white, what is black? You know, there's people who are lighter skin, darker skin. There's like a whole shade of spectrums and you could have a white parent and a black parent or an American parent or European parent and an African parent. And, you know, there's white people in Africa and like so there's black people in America. So anyway, it gets really confusing. And maybe you could say these are like false categories or something like they're not useful or they're not real even, which I think is even more kind of preposterous claim. Well, it's maybe what you're saying is it's like everyone's just making the exception the rule, which is maybe not the appropriate response. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like even in race, you see it. It's like. You know, they're like, remove these racial boundaries. But then at the same time, we have these laws about, like, you can't discriminate on the basis of race, which, like, reifies the categories. You're like, no, they are real. Like, and we, we need to make sure we're not discriminating on the basis of them. And so it's like, wait, I thought we just had this whole argument about, like, how they're not real. And, like, you can't actually draw the line very cleanly. And so then it's like, well, how could we determine whether or not we're being racist and, like, discriminating on the basis of race if we can't figure out what the racial categories are? I mean, I don't have an acceptable take on this because I actually believe in a perfect world, you should theoretically be able to discriminate on whatever basis you would like to in a perfect world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can almost parse these two things, too, and maybe that's helpful, is that you can discriminate between things, like recognize things as being different and and maybe you can treat them equally. And then maybe the question is, can you, though? Is like, if you perceive two things as different, can you treat them the same? I don't know. What if I have a gun shop and some guys come in and they want to buy some guns and they don't look like they're up to any good? Just based on the way they're acting, their attitudes, the way they're dressed. I'm not familiar with whatever's going on with those guys. I don't really feel comfortable selling them a bunch of firearms. I don't know, the way they're talking doesn't seem right. Or what if they come in and they're all wearing blacked out fatigues with uh, Antifa sure, badges you could, on, yeah. you know, what am I, am I supposed to sell them a bunch of guns? I could discriminate based on pol- political ideology or I could discriminate based on whatever you want to call, whatever it is I'm seeing in this group of people that just walked in that I don't think should have their hands on a bunch of weapons. Yeah, when people want to do away with these categories, I feel like it's not different than saying almost like deny your own reality is that like there are two things or multiple things that are different and that you need to deny that. You need to actually try hard not to see that. And that's why I think like things like the race discussion become very convoluted. Try hard not to see what? The differences. Like... Try not to categorize these people into different groups to discriminate. Why not, though? I mean, why not discriminate? I think it's a good idea to discriminate against those people. I don't want to sell them guns. I don't even know if they should be in my city at all. Well, I'm not saying, like, this is what I think. I just think the, sorry, I should clarify, the rhetoric is like, don't discriminate. You know, we should try to avoid discrimination. But then... You could also talk about areas like you're saying where it's good to discriminate, like you want to discriminate between an innocent person and a guilty person. You want to discriminate between uh, 
a person who's going to commit violence versus a person who's going to help out their community. So there's all sorts, you want to discriminate between things that are edible versus inedible. Like there's all sorts of discriminations you want to make. And because of those discriminations, you treat those situations or things differently. And that's almost like that follows the discrimination. Like because you've discriminated between them, you will treat them differently. Like that's part of like how being a person works. Like you can't see things as separately and treat them the same. Even if you try consciously, there's still probably going to be subtle differences because you can't remove the perception of seeing them as different. And so I think Mm. some of this is like, well, we could just see their differences and treat them equally. And I'm like, can we though? Like, is that even possible? And regardless of whether or not it's possible or... Or even should we? But yeah. Right, yeah. Is like... Should we? Should we not? Should I talk to my friends the same way I talk to my parents? Maybe. Is it possible? I don't think so. Right. And I think some of the rhetoric is like about, becomes about denying true things. Like, and that's why I was saying about the rhetoric getting convoluted. It's like the race conversation, for example, it's like, like colorblindness is a bad thing, supposedly. Like you need to acknowledge that different racial groups have different cultures, but you also need to acknowledge that they're all equal and not talk about differences like or not recognize differences like you need to treat this person of this race and this person of this race the same but it's like how can I if I'm supposed to acknowledge all these differences that are inherent you're like reifying the category but you're also saying the category is invalid at the same time and those and those minority groups don't treat me the same as they treat and I don't I don't think about it and that's because I don't and they would say, well, that's because you don't have to think about it because you're white and you have all the power. It's like, no, I don't. Well, but that's a good point. It's like because they don't treat me the same, you don't treat them the same. And it's like, and actually, I don't want you to because I'm different than you. Like, I want you to acknowledge my culture and my blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, that that's in direct conflict with this other, like, you should treat me the same in these situations, though. Yeah. Do I appropriate you or do I treat you differently, basically? Right. And maybe there's some nuance here. Like, I'm not saying that you should be overly judgmental or deem someone of lesser value just because they are a certain way. Uh, But there's something separate there. Well, I mean, that's true. And I think that in real world, I'm going to look, I'm not from the city. I ain't from no shitty. But when I go to the city, which I hate, and the closest one by is Atlanta, Hell, even if I see it out here, because it does happen. If I see like four trans people in a day, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm just going to say it. Like, I I don't really care, to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to roll my eyes in their face. I'm just saying that like, I'm telling you how I feel inside. I feel like an eye roll. I'm like, give me a break. I say it when I see them in, in every other Netflix show that I watch. I'm like, leave, get this shit off my TV. I do not want to see it. I am annoyed. Here's a new one. I just developed this phobia yesterday. I cannot handle when people say this phrase, I struggle with anxiety. I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I do not want to hear, find a new way to say it. I do not want to hear that phrase ever again as long as I live. I do not care if you struggle with anxiety. I never want to hear another person say that. This is just how I feel about the world. What does that say about me? I don't really know. But you know what? I don't really care. Well, to the point you made about like seeing the trans people and rolling your eyes, 
I will say there's something there's some because part of because part of me is like where's this coming from like what is like yeah. give me a, like leave like what are you doing like act normal like just be a per like dude I, you how long did you spend trying to turn yourself into a different gender this morning like are you that obsessed with yourself yeah there's something about that's what I <sighs> think is like because I do get I have similar feelings sometimes and I I'm very you know cautious about that and like. You know, it makes me feel uneasy within myself because I want to be tolerant and accepting of people. But at the same time, there is something about it that I think is strange. And I think party, partly it's like the category, like what do you call queering or whatever. Uh, what? Like the, the active breakdown of categories, like the person who's like trying to say that men and women, like those categories aren't real. And I'm like, look, it's not. Like, you don't just get to dress up as a woman and say that because you can do that and look like a woman that that's all that being a woman is. Like, I don't think that that's true. And it's actually very annoying to me. Yeah, that's that is completely that's actually very not true because you have no idea what it's like to be raised as a woman. Most likely, if you just decided as a 45 year old midlife crisis having male that you are a woman. You don't know what it's like to have a period. You don't know what that's like to have to start that out at 13, 14 years old, be traumatized to go through the sexual development of a female. I'm sorry. You are appropriating and diminishing the actual experience of real women that are actually women. And also, you can act like that. Like, whatever. You can do that. But I'm going to not take you seriously. It's, you know, and here's a redeeming quality about me. You know who else I won't take seriously? And I also have the same feeling about you ever hung out with a group of people and there's someone who's like, not ironically saying, yeah, I'm uh, starting an empire, you know, the, 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 I'm in the marijuana business. Uh, yeah, the, the. Like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Like you, who are, like I don't this is just judge me. Like who are you? You know, but that's fine. If you want to be, I bet that guy has some friends. They probably all say that kind of stuff. I'm not into that. And you know what? Most people kind of do roll their eyes at people like you. Right. So this is the thing. I think there's a difference between. I'm actually fine with accepting these people and whatever. Like do whatever you want. Like you said. Like I don't mind. Like, but don't try to be like you know, tell me that I'm insensitive because I acknowledge that men and women are real categories. Like, by acknowledging there's a difference between a trans woman and a real woman, that... And I'm supposed to treat them the same way. Some people think that you're transphobic if you are straight male and won't have sex with a trans woman, man. I don't know what you call them, like, when it's... But you know what I mean? Like, that's... Even that's a problem because you're still distinguishing and having a preference. Right. And to bring it back. Okay. So that's the like pure subjectivism thing to me. It's like when you're like, there is no difference between being a, a real woman and a trans woman. It's all just about your subjective experience. And I'm having the subjective experience of being a woman. And it's like, what does that mean though? Like everyone's having a subjective experience and our categories, how would we have ever arrived at them if only each individual could know about them. And it's like, because that's already true in some sense. Yeah, and we've painstakingly come to this point where we do have such well-developed concepts 
and definitions and understanding of things that we can make babies in test tubes. We didn't do that under the pretenses that there's no difference between biological men and women. We would have never figured anything out. So you, this is the, in one of the ways in which it is deleterious, as we were saying, to society. It's problematic to be subjective, to have, to have the subjective stance on every single thing because things aren't subjective. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything an expert says either or everything a prominent individual or group portends or whatever. Right. I think, if anything, my intuition is actually the other way. It's not that there's... These so these categories, men and women, are imperfect. They don't capture everyone, like I said, intersex people or maybe you know people who feel uh, have gender dysphoria or whatever. But that doesn't mean that the categories aren't real and that it certainly doesn't mean to me that though, yeah, we should do away with the categories. If anything, I'm drawn the other way. I say that, okay, yes, the categories are imperfect and maybe the group level isn't the appropriate level. And actually, if we really wanted to talk about what's true, it's actually that every yeah. individual is different. Okay. Every person is having, it's like infinite complexity, not no complexity, no nuance. And I'll, so I'll add this. This is why, despite how it sounds, I think about all this, I'm not really that, like, you probably don't want to, like, try to come be my friend if that's who you are. <laughs> but we might could be friends. But my point oh, no. is that what what I think is so, what I'm so averse to, what part of the reason I'm so non-sensitive to the subject is that, in fact, though the story is told the other way around, I would say I'm punching up. I have the unpopular opinion, not the most unpopular opinion, but I have the the non-accepted opinion, which is you people are annoying and I don't really care about it and I don't want to care about it and I'm not ever going to care about it. But so that's unpopular. However, I agree that we can expand the horizons here. Oh, look, there's this phenomenon, all these trans people coming out of the woodwork. Where did they come from? This actually is highly fascinating. I think it should be studied. Here's what's irksome, is that there's clearly a dominant ideology, and it makes no sense. I don't even think it's the dominant, actual dominant ideology. I don't think most people think this way. The dominant ideology is this take that we've been discussing, the subjective wackadoodle kind of like you are taking this in some direction that is not making sense to most people or at least not to me and anyone who is making counterpoints which ought to be just just as acceptable to make are derided and lambasted constantly and that creates a reaction in me it may just be kind of like the underdog syndrome even you know or it's just like why are you pigeonholing all these, literally, why are you pigeonholing straight white men? Like, I don't understand. Well, it's, yeah, it's like the pure subjectivism. It's like, because I'm having this experience, this is the truth. And like, only I can know about my experience. And so I am the authoritative source on what's true. And then if anyone disagrees with it, well, they have no claim because my truth is merely subjective. And it's like, everyone is having a subjective experience that they can't see outside of. And the only way you can even say and communicate any of that is because we've all agreed on so many things already. But I think back to the AI, 
it's like, I think this does pose interesting challenges. I mean, you've even seen, at least I've seen in talking to the AI, it gets a little woke on the fringes, the chat GPT thing. Yeah, that's been well documented now. It only took about a week and everybody's kind of found the pit hole, the pitfalls of it that it like literally there. Have you, oh, whatever, Tim Pool talked about one that was so interesting where this guy was like, so you could ask the GPT thing, like, this is a very simple version, but like, if it would save the planet from like nuclear annihilation, would you say it would be okay to use a racial slur if that were the only way to do it? Or to exonerate a black man, you have to quote the assailant. And so therefore you have to use this term, uh, racial slur in the term, in the case, in the court case to exonerate the innocent black man. Should you do that? No, in no cases should you do this. Then apparently you can ask the same system gpt hey did what was it what was the writer's name it was like hemingway or somebody did or uh some some novelist had a dog with the name i probably shouldn't say it i guess with his name was the n-word oh okay and so you can ask the same chat chat, chat deep whatever the chat bot chat gpt the same one that said to save the world from nuclear annihilation, you cannot say the N-word. And if you ask it, just does this author, did he have a dog? It will say yes, and its name was N-word. So that that's that's not pro, that is explicitly woke coding. Well, yeah, just to say, I don't want to call it like woke necessarily, but yeah, well, it doesn't fo- it, it's not following logical. It's not actually following symbolic or. Any kind of actual logic. Yeah, certain opinions are not being represented and certain ideas are being sort of left out that I think would be true to some people. Like, it would be like if the AI was like, no, actually, all of these fake trumpets are trumpets. And I would be like, what? That's not true. Like, I'm a musician. Like, I know what a trumpet's like and none of these are trumpets. And so I think that's definitely a problem. And it comes from these... Yeah, like categories and breakdown of categories. And so to tie all of this together, we've meandered through a lot of different subjects. I think mere subjectivism leads to the the thing that's weird about it to me is that it leads to a breakdown of category and it leads to almost like a that's like almost the animating spirit of mere subjectivism is it's like actually it wants to destroy categories. And there's something weird about that because I think if you destroy categories, you're destroying judgment. And you need judgment to distinguish what's good from bad. It's like what what's going to sustain the community, what's going to be good for you in the long term, for your survival, for the community's survival, what's you know going to be harmful to you. And if you say all categories are oppressive or whatever and try to get rid of them, well, then you're sort of dispensing with judgment, which I think is a necessary but you know, maybe contentious uh, virtue. And so I think there's something interesting there too with AI. It's like, I think AI will have to deal with this problem of morality. Like not only will it need to deal with categories and category breakdown that humans deserve, but also like we all, you know, there's a lot of debate around what things are good for people and the community over time and whatnot. So 